welcome to the Master Slave Lifestyle Podcast. Here we'll interview real people living the real Master Slave lifestyle, all consensual and all in different ways. And in this episode... I truly believe I am a born slave. I'm just better that way. A great Master Slave relationship is basically if both become better persons by being a monster and slave. This is masterslavelifestyle.com. Hello everyone, so welcome to the next podcast. Um, with me I've got Tiger Yoshi and his slave, who I was very honoured to meet at the last claw. I think so, you were helping me with a suspension harness at some the time. Um, thank you both so much for joining this podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So, so the first thing, could I ask you to introduce each other? or to introduce yourselves. Uh, I am Tiger Yoshi. I've been in the leather community for a little bit over 20 years now. Um, You may have seen me at many of the claw events. Uh, I uh, grew up in California, so I've been involved with a lot of the uh, different organizations out there. Uh, San Francisco, Leatherman's Discussion, Rope Bite, um, doing a lot of rope stuff. And I am now currently residing in Colorado. Um, I help out with the local community out here doing um, different rope classes wherever I can, uh, as well as helping out with the Rocky Mountain Leather Alliance, which we're trying to build up uh, to create more of a leather community out in this area. And Slave, how about you? Born and raised in Germany. I moved to the US in 2006 to live with my previous master. He passed away in 2016, and then in 2019, he took ownership of me, and I'm happy ever since, too. So it's been two, three years now that you've been in a relationship yeah. with each other? Very nice. Uh, we met, yeah, we met uh, in person, what was it, 2019? July, yeah, the day after my birthday. July of 2019. Um, Slave was doing a road trip to Vancouver, uh, and I said, hey, why don't you stop by and we can meet each other face-to-face, no expectations, on your way back uh, as you drive from Vancouver to uh, Des Moines, Moines. Iowa. (laughs) Um, So when we met, it was a pretty good um, connection, I think. Um, We felt each other. It felt like a a good match. Um, So we decided to move forward with our relationship since that day. Nice. Has COVID helped speed things along or? That is a, oh, that's a question. That is interesting. I don't know if it had much influence. (laughs) Um, So it was a weird timing because we, um, sorry, before we even met uh, in person, we were talking online for several years and it was kind of a flirty, hey, you look like you'd be fun to tie up. Um, And it was just kind of on and off communication online. Um, but when we went, met in person, it was pretty obvious that we wanted to move forward in, in a stronger capacity. So by the end of 2019, uh, in December, we made the decision to have Slave move in with me. Uh, and that was right before COVID hit. When COVID hit, it was kind of a... I guess it was just natural for us. Um, I'm definitely more of an introvert. So staying at home, isolating, uh, working from home was easy for me. Uh, And then Slave did, or Slave does, 
Slave is a uh, truck driver. Um, so he kept doing his job. He had to still deliver things that needed to be delivered. Um, but we were able to, I guess because I was able to work from home more often, we were able to spend more time together. Um, and that did help us, that did help us solidify the relationship. We got to see more of each other. We got to see more of each other in kind of a stressed situation because we had to have so much restrictions around us with the isolation stuff. Um, and I think it just reinforced that the relation between us was a good fit. So nice. sorry. Yeah, yes, it did. It did help us. Yeah. <laughs> and and can I just check? So you originally met each other in June, July, and then you decided to move in together in December. So what were you doing in that period to kind of decide you wanted to make that move to kind of move in with each other? Well, at, in July, I couldn't move yet. I was still kind of trapped in Iowa because of immigration reasons. Um, you have to be in one immigration sector um, for the entire period. And if you move to a different immigration sector in the US, your waiting period starts over again. So I was already so close to becoming a citizen. Uh, I said, I waited out in, in Iowa. And then um, I became citizen in October, I think. Uh, put a transfer request in with the company and basically in December, the transfer request, if they had an open position with the same company in Denver. So that made it the whole, the whole move easier because I didn't basically lose a day of work. Nice. So you weren't during this six month period vetting each other or checking whether you were suited for each other. You'd already decided that. So honestly, I think, we, with the online conversations we were having even before we met, yeah. it was it was kind of playful and fantasy. Like, what if I what if I called you twenty four seven and you moved in with me? Um, and we we were having these conversations for a couple of years before we met. Yeah. Um, so I think the idea was already embedded in our uh, in our goals, um, and just having that initial meeting saying and see that the connection is actually there between mm-hmm. us seeing that, yeah, this is actually something we should move forward with. Yeah. Um, it made that transition pretty easy. Uh, so that, that time period between the July, December area, it was more of a, okay, so how are we gonna actually make this happen? Like what, yeah. what needs to happen? Do we have enough space to combine two households yeah. into one house? Um, what does the timing look like? Um, and actually COVID did help with that as well because all of our vacation plans kind of disappeared. <laughs> so instead of doing uh, vacations to different events, we used that time to move his stuff over to from Iowa to Colorado, um, slowly over time, because there's so much stuff to move over. Um, so that, yeah, that, that kind of played in and it was already decided even before that buffer period. Wow, it's it's really interesting to to hear this. I don't know if you can give me some advice. Um, Because some of the messes I've ended up kind of seeing have been quite toxic, I'm very nervous about making big changes. You know, so just just hearing that you had this online chat and then very quickly you realize you're going to be a mix. What sort of advice could you give to me to help do something like that while also avoiding some of the 
more toxic kind of people that you can find on the scene that give themselves the title master, <laughs> but shouldn't do. So, <laughs> so um, I would say from my perspective, I was also very um, hesitant and conservative, um, even when we were chatting before we even met in person. Um, I straight up said, I'm a sadist. I like to hurt people. And, and Slave was like, well, I don't really like pain. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I tried to be as sincere and honest as possible. I laid out expectations that I would want to see. Um, but I also said, this is, this is a huge change. Um, I want us to be able to be honest with each other and say, if for whatever reason this doesn't work, then let's be honest and, and just cut it off when we feel like it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so that even for that first meeting, the expectations were, let's meet each other face to face and worst case scenario, you can come to Colorado, hang out, and this is your vacation. It's It has nothing to do with the relationship. It's just us meeting each other and feeling each other out. Yeah, and honestly, I, I'm a pretty much big introvert too and kind of shy with meeting new people after the after my uh, husband passed away. Um, it was like I was on the way back on from uh, Vancouver or from Canada and I had to go basically south and then I-80 goes all which is up in Wyoming goes all the way to back to Des Moines and I was like hmm do I just stay on I-80 or do I go down I-80 or down chicken out or not and it was more like okay if that doesn't work out, I hope I get some good bondage uh, recon pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Sarah. <laughs> the initial connection, there, uh, at least for me, there, there was an initial spark there right away. And I somehow I knew <clears throat> I want to be his property. Wow. And... Um... Please kind of flag it if um, you don't want to answer this this question. I mean, it must have taken you some time to get over the death of your previous master. Like five years ago, I broke up with my master. I only felt this year something just clicked in me and I was ready to process the fact that that relationship had ended. And I sort of had this, um, I, I, my mind went back to breaking up with him. You know, I could remember everything about it. And then all this pain came up. But from about autumn time, I'm suddenly feeling like I'm ready to serve again. Did you go through yeah. a similar kind of process oh. as that? I went to a really bad space where I probably should have looked for help. Um, I stopped. Uh, one of my biggest hobbies that I have is flying. Uh, I stopped flying because I didn't want to get in, into a bad headspace when I'm in the air. Um, I know when I was driving, I was looking down bridges and ditches and said, is it worth it? But thankfully I had two puppies at home and every time I had one of those thoughts, they saved my life because I can't not come home to them. Um, and then that July, uh, my road trip 
was kind of cut short. So I had to be choose between uh, Vancouver or Tiger. Um, but one thing I was not going to give up was the road trip into Canada because I was I planned to visit a wolf sanctuary and actually walk with wolves and interact with wolves. Wow. And that somehow I blame it on Flora, which was the wolf I interacted with. Something shook loose in me and it, that road trip made me ready to move on. And then meeting Tiger, that was just a eye on the dot. Um, wow. Yeah, the, the, the icing on the cake. Um, so, yeah, it was just that was the start of a new stage in my life. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, me going through my experience as well, I, I feel a lot of emotions in myself come up as you say that story, and it kind of resonates a lot. Um, I don't, it's really strange how a dog or a wolf or something can be the interaction that helps us. Yeah. Um, I, I remember shortly after I'd broken up with my master and I was in such a terrible depression and I finally managed to get myself out of the flat. You know, and Berlin yeah. is not the friendliest place to go to oh. outside of the gay area. You know, so and then the way I'm looking and the energy I'm giving, there's not going to be anyone that's going to interact with me. And this 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 random dog just ran up to me. Oh. You know, and put his paws on me and, you know, just like it's all gonna be okay. And it was just really interesting that one interaction, you know, helped me beyond words. I, I can't kind of put it yeah. into words because of the place I was in and that was the, one of the few positive interactions I had with someone over those kind of few months yeah. you know I mean to make matters worse he passed away the night Trump got elected oh, oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly Gosh. I Honestly, I came home and expected to uh, see a bottle of uh, pills on the bed. Uh, he was mm. terrified of that outcome. So, and I had to work overnight, so I wasn't even home. But yeah, knowing knowing him, how he was, it was more probably Trump won. Fuck this! I'm not doing this for four years. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so yeah, sorry to hear that. He had pancreatic cancer, so there were there were a lot of health issues. In aftermath, I found out uh, that the uh, cancer also already spread to the brain, which he didn't tell me why I was still alive. Um, I found that in messages to his friend later. So, yeah, it, he was ready to go, and he just didn't want me around when it happens. Yes. Well, I'm, you know, the strength and courage you've shown to get where you are now with another master is amazing and i just want to recognize that in you and thank you for it so if if i move on to another question so we've kind of identified your master slave but could you talk a bit more about what that means for you two so how how does that work in actual practice so for me the i i never really um felt comfortable with the master title. Uh, I 
I don't usually call myself Master Tiger when we go out or socializing, stuff like that. Um, for me, I, I identify as a sadist, a rope top. Um, I like to be controlling and all that stuff. Um, but for a relation dynamic, um, he calls me master, so I accept the sir. title <laughs> or sir. Um, sir is, a, is more because appropriate for me. That, like, master. Yeah, um, I feel like master has yeah. an implication of um, a huge amount of responsibility to take care of somebody, um, which for this one I I do take care of. Um, but it just it feels like um, even more controlling than I'm willing to be. Uh, to yes. have a master title. Um, but the dynamic that we have is uh, there's definitely an element of love. I, I cherish and, and love yeah. this one with all my heart. Yeah. Uh, and I want his well-being. I want him to be the best um, slave that he can be. Uh, and that means in terms of capabilities, in terms of talent, in terms of potential, um, he definitely has uh, challenges with making decisions at times. So I will help him make, hopefully, the better decision that will further his uh, capabilities. Uh, and that could mean something like, yes, you should go and take that flying lesson right now because you enjoy it. Um, and it's going to help us to be able to fly to places. <laughs> um, but I want him to, I want him to be always growing, always uh, improving. And in the worst case scenario where um, somehow we do separate, somehow I'm no longer in the picture, I want him to be able to move forward and sustain his life and his lifestyle. So I, I want, I, I don't want him to kind of fall in that potential depression again. So I'm always pushing him to be better. Your turn, your perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anything I say, he will do it. Um, yeah. We have this understanding where I'm not going to do anything that is harmful or illegal. So I'm not going to say, suck my cock in the middle of this shopping mall. Like that's stupid. Um, but also I, I want us to work together to create that, create that dynamic where he can trust that anything I do tell him at the time that I tell him yeah. is something that we, uh, can do is something that it's something that will benefit both of us and it's going to be for the better i'm not sure how to say that better but uh there, there has to be that trust element there yeah and and do you um kind of have regular conversations with each other or did you start with that so you were able to to get into a flow more easily or did it just work without having to talk I think in daily life, it's pretty much there. I mean, I think we had conversations at the beginning, um, kind of what I was saying before, where I was a little reserved of having kind of that title. Um, I wanted to take the dynamic slow. I wanted us to grow into the relationship naturally. Um, so we don't have like a slave contract. We don't have any set protocols, but it's, at the very beginning, when we when he moved in and it became real, um, there were a lot of questions like, would you prefer if I did this or would you prefer if something else happened? Um, do you want to have 
Do you want to have your cup of coffee every morning? How do you like your coffee? Um, and as the kind of more mundane routine things happened, um, the service became natural. Yeah. His ex, my expectations of him um, kind of just flowed into our natural uh, daily routine. Um, he no longer has to ask when I need certain things. Um, he kind of just knows that, okay, this is the time I need to go get something for him. Um, and same thing for me, when I see his headspace in a certain way, or if I see him getting frustrated or flustered, uh, sometimes I check in with him and say, oh, are, is everything okay? Do we need to stop doing what we're doing? Do we need to change stuff? Um, or I will just take the lead and I'll say, okay, we're, we're going to stop doing this. Let's go sit down in the couch, watch a movie and just relax. Um, so it's kind of something that uh, we wanted the more natural processes to, to come out yeah. um, as we developed our relationship, not set the rules at the beginning. And if things didn't work out, he would get punished kind of thing. And, and Slave, was, was, was that something you were able to do from your previous experience as well? That it was just like, I know, you know, how, how can I serve you better? And this is like a question you had in your head at the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, he was, uh, Steph was disabled already. So there was already a lot of, um, I had to do, of, I had to assist him in many things. Uh, I definitely do like to see, uh, other people get make um, be happy, um, help them make their life easier. Um, and if there's a big uh, trust involved, then it makes the whole thing much easier and much more natural for me. And did you feel awkward about asking questions at first, or was that something that? that um, you, your sir made sure it was okay? No, I, I encourage it. Yeah. I, I like the open communication. Yeah. I don't want either yeah. of us to kind of guess what the other one's thinking. Yeah. So I would prefer uh, if we just flat out ask stuff that we don't know. Yeah, our communication is pretty open. And, and, and did you find... Oh, oh, over time, then you found a routine or you're just able to understand each other better. So then you can have this empathy that just, okay, I need to now do this, exactly. you know, yeah. on, on um, either side of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, f um, because we're also doing a podcast, I just wanted to highlight. So, um, Slave, I noticed that you're naked and showing a very beautiful body and you also have a chain around your neck. So are these also two kind of symbols or things you have in order to show the difference between the relationship? Yeah. This, I think this is also like a more, this is how he naturally feels. I, I uh, love being naked and yeah. being shown off. <laughs> So there, there, we had roommates before, um, but luckily this was a kinky household. So um, we made sure that the roommates were okay with just having a, a naked boy around all the time. Um, but it, it's funny when we first met and also the initial time when he, when Slave moved in, um, Slave was always naked and he felt more 
um, attuned. He felt more comfortable uh, just being naked and exposed. Um, and it's funny because for some people it's it's humiliating to be naked or it's vulnerable to be naked, but for slave it's just more of like the natural state. Yeah. Um, when he puts clothes on, it's actually more uncomfortable for him. So it's nice to it's nice to have this naturally for him. I can really associate with that. I have a similar thing. What's what was funny is that um, the last couple of times I went to see masses before COVID, it was so cold I had to wear clothes, yeah. and it yeah. felt very unnatural. It felt very weird to be fully clothed serving, um, but it was just so cold. It was just like I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, definitely hear you there. That's- we're, we're, we're kind of there right now, so we're trying to keep the heater up a little bit higher. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, so the, the one place it didn't have any heating, you see, it was a fortress, so and um, it was in the Mediterranean. Oh. But I went in January, and it actually was colder there than it was in Berlin, much to my annoyance. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> it's supposed, supposed to be my winter break away to the sun. So, so you've already defined a bit about the connection between you and um, the slave, as that it does have love. Um, could I ask you to expand on that a bit more? So, you know, do you have a control service power dynamics as well? What is the sort of dynamical connection you would describe to other people? So, when we were having our when we were having our initial discussions about the ideal situation and dynamic between us, um, I believe the I believe Slave mentioned that he wanted to have a he he truly wanted to have a complete total power exchange. So I would control um, every aspect of his life. Uh, I would take over finances. I would take over his day-to-day routines. I would take over his um, <clears throat> decisions, his choices, um, truly take over his life and make him my slave. Uh, and for those initial conversations, I was not <laughs> comfortable doing that. It's not something I'm used to doing. It's not something that I uh, ever truly desire to like to, to force my will over somebody else. Um, so it was something that we had to have a conversation of if this is the direction we want to go in. Um, I personally needed to take it slow. Uh, we can do it step by step. We yeah. can do it kind of uh, incremental. And as I learn natural flow. Yeah. As I learn more about him and learn more about our dynamic, it would make it more comfortable for me to do. Um, so I, I would say that it has progressed in that direction for sure. Um, I, there have been times, oh, it was, it was very early when he moved in where we went shopping and he needed to accomplish something. God, what was it? We went to Home Depot and I was just there with him and I was like, okay, just get whatever you need. And he, <laughs> he couldn't decide what he needed or how he needed it. And I saw him getting so flustered and I was like, fine, okay, just buy this one and buy this one and we're done. Let's go. So um, very early on, I realized that giving him choices and making decisions was a challenge for him as a slave. 
Um, so I started slowly taking on more and more of kind of those limiting the options for him and saying, uh, Oh, was it the, uh, garbage disposal? And I couldn't decide which one. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Our garbage disposal <laughs> broke. And, uh, and I was like, okay, <laughs> we figure out how to fix it. We figure out what we need to buy. And it was, it was a bad idea to make slave yet. So, um, I slowly realized that when there are decisions to be made, I will either give him minimal options or I'll just make the decisions for him. Um, there are also times where, um, or there, there's also a, with Slate moving over here, he has a side candle business. Uh, and I see him getting as, uh, I see him getting flustered with that as well. Sometimes when trying to identify like how to problem solve some of the issues that we're having. Um, so I'll take over for that as well. I'll try to say, okay, so give me all the variables and I'll figure out the equations and, and make it work. Uh, and I try to get, make it for him just to be kind of like this more routine um, drone type of uh, work so that he can just say step A, step B, step C, just get it all done and then final product. Um, so I'm slowly taking over aspects. Uh, I don't see that we're 100% there yet. I don't, I don't tell him when to take a piss or all that stuff. <laughs> Sometimes I do, um, but, <laughs> uh, but as I, as I become more comfortable with understanding the, um, situation that we're in and the goals that we have, um, together as a couple, it's, my head works. it becomes, yeah. And, and learning just more about slave in general, the, how his brain works, it becomes very easy for me to, uh, take over those decisions and, and make the make the goals for us as a a couple yeah. versus goals for me separate uh, yeah. from goals from my slave um so that that kind of power transfer is becoming uh just natural it's it's natural for me to say oh no we're, we're gonna have korean barbecue for dinner tonight we're not gonna have pizza because <laughs> because that's what i want <laughs> uh, it's easy for slaves to say okay yeah, i'll eat whatever whatever you you tell yeah. us to eat um so it's Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I forgot what the initial question was. Um, That's okay. I, I was I was asking about the connection and how you describe the dynamic. So, oh yeah. So you're, yeah, you're, um, you're doing it very well. So yeah. So it's becoming it's it's trying to reach that goal of truly that yeah. that full total power exchange, um, but it's happening naturally. It's not yeah. it's not going to be it's not going to be contractual. It's not going to be a step by step guide. It's just. When it feels ready, I'll start taking over that part of his life. This is going to be our dynamic yeah. that nobody else, uh, I mean, it's not a out of the box thingy. So we make our <laughs> dynamic ours. Mm -hmm. it, it's like, like the theme I'm sort of seeing here is this idea of flow and fine tuning it to what really works for you. So you're not taking like um, a cutty, a cutty, a cookie cutter approach, um, you know. Um, it's like okay, we need to build this and fine tune it so it's perfect for us. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, he's a very thinker. I um, I look at options, and then many times when I have too many options, I know it for myself. 
I just procrastinate and can't decide which. And then he just takes over and says, okay, option A is it is. And we're going with that. Make it make it happen. I feel like that we have this uh, complementary dynamic yeah. where I like to, I like to overanalyze things. I like to find like the nitty gritty details of this puzzle and try to piece it all together. Um, and slave likes to simplify things and just get it done, kind <laughs> right. of thing. Yeah. So um, that's why he's the muscles and I'm the brains. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I say, okay, we need to build this thing. And he's like, okay, boom, built. Let's do it. Uh, so it, it works for us. It really does yeah. help um, having that complementary dynamic. Nice. And, and from the slave point of view, how does it feel for you giving up the power, giving up the decision-making with different areas of your life? What's, what's the sort of emotional process or the feelings you get from it? I honestly think it makes me more efficient. Um, it, it gets stuff done better. Um, I don't procrastinate as much. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just becoming better. <laughs> he, he's making so it better. helps make you a better person. Yes. <laughs> I see him... Um... Overall, I do see him happier. Uh, he, there are times when there are, like everybody, we have this list of priorities that we want to get done. And of course, we always want to get 100 things done all at once. Yeah. Um, and I can see when in those situations when Slave just wants to go in all the different directions, he will kind of shut down. Yeah. And he gets, he gets frustrated, he gets stressed, um, and then... When I come in and I just start saying, okay, do this, do this, do this. Here's your priorities. I want yeah. this done. Um, he, yeah. He's able to zoom, zo zone in, zoom in. He's able to hyper-focus onto uh, what I'm asking. Yeah. Instead of trying, my, trying to, to divert my brain into 50 different tasks and then nothing gets done, he prioritizes all the 50 ones. <clears throat> number one, number two, number three, number four, and just do it. And then it actually gets done instead of just shutting down and nothing gets done. And then at the end of the day, when, when he can see all the things that he accomplished and, and what we were able to yeah. uh, complete, um, then he feels more of that sense of pride and yeah. uh, accomplishment. I, I really associate with it. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that I've been at my best when I've been serving a master and it's for a very similar thing. Like normally my body is very thin. I'm kind of like at my best with that and just doing tasks and completing things is much quicker and easier. And, and, and often the master has done what you have done. So which is what is good for him as well. It's not just what's good for me, but you know, so, so, so for instance, it was like, well, I need you to learn German if, if you're going to move here. But then it was also, I want you to finish your book off. You know, the books are very important and I want you to give me status updates on them, you know, and the, the book he, he really couldn't have cared about, but he knew it was important for me, you know, and so that was, that was why that was one of the directions he kind of gave me. Um, but over the last five years, I've had to come up with other mechanisms to deal with this paralysis. And you can probably see the one behind me with all the post-it notes. I was notes. wondering what that was for. 
it's, it's, it's sort of a bastardization of the real of life and an agile board and that together <laughs> is something i do every few months and suddenly i i feel i've got all this focus and i can start moving things forward mm-hmm. um, whereas if, if i don't do that i start to get very stressed out <laughs> yeah. that's come through lots of trial and error <laughs> So um, what challenges do you have in your relationship that you'd like to share? What what sort of things have you had to kind of work on to get this sort of relationship working? We have a lot of challenges. I'm trying to prioritize. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There are... Okay, so to start the dynamic, the first challenge was... um, just that initial meeting of um, wondering if this was going to work or not and having that fear and concern of, oh my God, what happens if we're like two months in and he's fully moved in and like we we start fighting and, and oh, stuff is gonna fuck up. Um, I think for for me at least putting in those, uh, putting in those safeguards to say, Communication is key. We need to be open and honest with each other. And um, we need to be real in our words to say, uh, real in our feelings to say, if something's not working, then we just need to admit it and and figure out the plan forward. Um, luckily, that's never come up. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure that I articulated that because I don't, I didn't want Slave to feel like he was trapped in a situation that he didn't feel like... Yeah. Yeah, that he didn't want to be in. Um, so hopefully that never comes up, and it it feels truly like this is uh, not going to come up. I hope. <laughs> uh, there have been challenges in the beginning um, when we had housemates because uh, Slade didn't get along with them, uh, and there was a tension in the house where, for me, I was able to. I was able to work with everybody in the house, um, but I saw Slave getting flustered and frustrated. So I tried to, I tried to train him out of that kind of feeling, um, and it never really grew out of that. Um, so that did cause some tension. Luckily, the the housemates did move out. Um, so now it's just me and Slave in this house with the dogs. Um, but I wish there was something that I can do to help Slave be a more, um, to truly be a slave. For me to say, don't get angry, don't get frustrated, and then he'll stop being angry and frustrated, which I know it's not, <laughs> that's not realistic. <laughs> but I wish that was something I could do yeah. or provide him with a perspective that can say, let's make it work out somehow anyway. Yeah. Um, I think for, a more current and, and real struggle that we're having right now, um, in my perspective, is that I truly have so many goals and accomplishments that I want to complete. I want to, I want to build up the leather community. I want to host all of these events. I want to um, build a greenhouse in our backyard so that we can have uh, vegetables year round. I want to have chickens i want to have an extended house i want to have a bigger house with a farm so that we can do all the things um and of course there's no way for me to do this 
Um, and then I also want to train slave. I want to put my fist up his butt and I want to flog him <laughs> and all the things, right? There's yeah. like so many things that I wish I could get done. Yeah. And for me, my desire right now to help resolve some of that kind of um, lacking capacity is I have been uh, open and honest with slave that I I don't feel like I'm a monogamous person. I don't feel like just a one-on-one is enough because there are there are things that he desires that he needs um, that he loves to be a part of that I'm not going to ever be able to fulfill. Uh, and same thing with me. There's things that I love and I want to do and I want to be a part of that I don't feel slave is going to be the person to, to satisfy those needs. Um, so I have been... <laughs> passively open and searching for um, other members to invite into our pack so that we can have kind of multiple avenues to say, I'm fucking exhausted. I don't want to fuck you right now. I know you need to be fucked right now. Go fuck the other boy. Like I, I want, I want our household to have multiple members in it. So that way um, when we have needs, when we have immediate needs, they can be met by other people in the in the family. But even with that, you you were pretty much open right away. That even before we met the first time, you you were pretty open that you're not really a monogamous person. Yeah, straight up, I just said yeah. <laughs> I, I understand this dynamic. We're we're probably going to, or I I ideally want to have a poly relationship with a leather family yeah. under one roof, uh, and I made that. Apparent, yeah. obvious, well, clear. Yeah, you made it pretty clear <laughs> from the very beginning. But that's one of the challenges that I see that we're having. It's, it's, there's so much that I want to do. There's so much that he wants to do. Uh, we don't have the capacity for it, but I feel like if we were able to bring in more family members, we mm -hmm. could get so much accomplished. And, and cloning isn't perfect, perfected yet. Yeah, we need several clones <laughs> in this family. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And um, near, near the beginning, you kind of mentioned, you know, I'm a sadist, but, but the slave is not. How how was that resolved? You know, did, did it just work or did, was that something you had to work on? So uh, did we, was it on your visit that we went to that house party and I suspended you? Or was it after you moved here? I so we had a scene. <laughs> so we had a scene and um, I restrained the slave and I put him in a stressful bondage position, which my assumption was going to be, it was going to be painful. It was going to suck and he's going to need out very fast. So I constantly checked in with him and he's like, no, I'm fine. And I was like, okay, let's take it to the next level. And I, I transferred him from a suspension position into a more stressful suspension position. And he was still fine. Um, so then I put him in like this crazy thing that I've never tried before. Uh, and he was like, yeah, this is fine. Let's go. And he kind of just hung out in this um, inverted hog tie suspension uh, for like half an hour. Um, and because he, he said he was doing well, I started to hurt him. I started to abuse his, uh, cock and balls. Um, and he was getting a boner. He was having fun. Uh, and I was like, okay, you said you weren't a masochist, but you're taking a lot of stress and pain right now. Um, and you're obviously showing that you're enjoying it. So what's going on here? 
Yeah, I think uh, with him checking in and making sure that I can trust him, again, something got unlocked in me. I knew that's what he enjoys, so let's see, make him happy, and fuck, I enjoy it. <laughs> so something else got unlocked, unlocked again, and I realized I am a freaking masochist. <laughs> and then, were you a masochist before and then stopped? No. Or was it something you've never done? Um. He never, Steph was more of a, a controlling person. Um, he had his way or the highway, basically. Um, and he wasn't much of a sadist as much as Tiger is. So he just moved me to the next step of, of being a slave. And Okay, so, nice. So something where, where I just went to the next step, uh, <clears throat> it just got unlocked and so, hey, I enjoy that too. Yes, let's move further. I, I think it also plays into the dynamic that uh, I wanted to kind of take those baby steps to yeah. figure out our relationship. So in the same sense of pain play, we kind of started off slow. We took our steps um, and... Uh, the more that we were doing scenes and trainings, the more I pushed his pain thresholds to kind of see like yeah. where truly he wanted to be um, or where he could even handle. Yeah. And I, the more that we played, the more we realized, oh no, he actually enjoys, <laughs> he actually enjoys the pain. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, if you checked out, if you, if you scroll through our Twitter uh, accounts, you can see that there have been times where, um, I used single tails on him. There were some cuts on his back. Um, I paddled him. His ass was bruised. I did some um, heavy impact play on his thighs, and his thighs were very dark purple. Yeah. Like it's not. It's not that he's. There, there's no way he's not a masochist to be able to <laughs> yeah. um, to handle it and to enjoy it. Um, so that was a fun journey to be able to yeah. bring that out of him yeah. as we were. I mean, the, the only thing that I still wish would be possible is that I actually do get hard from just pain or may, maybe even just that I even come from just being tortured. That's kind of wow. my hashtag slave goal. Training goals. <laughs> Training goals. Slave wishes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I kind of really associate that. Like in Trenny 12, I had a master do something very traumatic with me and it took me a few years to get over it. But the one thing I really struggled with was embracing pain after that. And it was something very intuitive that just locked down completely, you know, and it was actually a meditation that helped me um, kind of unlock my um, body. It's called the loving kindness meditation. I just started to do it when someone was doing electro on me and I was like, oh, this is what I used to do before. And then <laughs> yeah. that kind of started it. Um, but but then I also need someone with a high level of trust, you know, um, to then keep, keep, keep doing it. For sure. To me, it seems like if, if I can trust somebody blindly, like I really do with it, Tiger, um, 
it raises my pain tolerance. Somebody I don't trust, I think I will tap out sooner. Mm -hmm. um, but with him, he can, by now, I, I'm pretty sure he can read my body pretty well. Um, I just, the hood goes on, the ropes go on, I go up in the air and I'm out, of it, and I'm out of it. <laughs> I enjoy ha him having fun with me as his punching bag. Um, I'm in my own little world. Uh, I'm just, to me, it, almost kind of cathartic in a way. I just forget all the other stress. Um, I'm just having fun. I'm getting bruised. Uh, hopefully I get, I'm allowed to come. Um, but yeah, it's almost a meditative thing in a way. Sounds weird to other people, I guess, but. No, but I, I can understand that a lot, that sort of flow zoning out kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. The, the stress of daily life, the stress of work, just, it just goes away, goes on the wayside for a bit and I'm just having fun. And Very nice. He's, he's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, coming on to the last kind of two questions. So talk about the master slave community or the fetish community in general. What would you like to see more in the community? I'm at a crossroads right now. Um, so for the last couple of decades, well, <laughs> for the last decade, when I was trying to um, <clears throat> get more involvement in the community, um, I was always trying to get more visibility from the community or get more visibility for the community, get more acceptance, get more understanding, get more mainstream kind of exposure for the leather community. Um, but recently, I've kind of stepped back from that, and I, I don't know if I want that anymore. I don't know if I want, I don't know if I want like like Fifty Shades to be the understanding of what the leather community is anymore. I don't want, I don't want people to think that, oh, I can just come in here and um, I can be, I can, I can get my leather gear, and now I'm a hardcore <laughs> kink person. Yes, um, I. I enjoy this dynamic where there is almost a level of secrecy, um, secrecy, like a, it's kind of like a private community that you need to have a way into, to kind of get into um, because there is a lot of um, community ethics that we don't necessarily teach. And I don't know if it's something that we can teach on a mainstream level. We can't, we, we have a ton of BDSM 101 classes. We have a ton of basic learnings of this is what this kink is. This is what this acronym is. This is what yeah. it means. But being able to truly meld as a community, to be able to have this higher level of respect and connection within the community, I feel like there needs to be a sense of accomplishment yeah. to say, I was able to do this. I was able to learn this. I have um, studied under these different mentors to gain this level of understanding and experience. Uh, and now I feel like I can call myself a member of this community. 
So it's trying for me right now, I'm trying to find this balance of how can I make the community more public and accessible so that people who truly do want to learn and to join this community and be a part of it can have that avenue and, and access, but also make it challenging enough for them to have that drive and desire to do the work to get in. It's, it's really interesting. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this as well, um, because what you're talking about here is this idea of a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, mm-hmm. you know, and that if you want to be, be a master slave, you've got to have a growth mindset. If you want to be a fetishist in some other way, often you need to have a growth mindset because there's so much technique that you need to learn. But what I found very strange is that there are quite a few people in the scene that decide to become, let's say, a master, so they don't have to change. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm going to yeah. join in so I don't have to change. And there's no real, let's say, boundary or pushback on that. And at least from a European point of view, that's why I found myself with some very toxic people, you know, which which I, I've kind of wondered, is there a way a community can protect against this without turning into a rich hunt, you know, or people taking pers- personal rivalries out with each other? What is the tension between this that could help protect new people and encourage them to grow? You know, but, mm-hmm. but do this in a supportive, safe manner rather than, let's say, the experience I've had, which has been quite horrific. You know, um, and it's led to good things such as master slave lifestyle, so I can help other people avoid it. But also, you know, there's something as a community I think we need to be better at, but I've never been quite able to say how we pragmatically can do that. Yeah, I hear you there. Uh, There are a lot of masters or tops out there that, call themselves masters, but in reality, they're just uh, abusers. Um, But also there are a lot of subs and slaves out there that just choose that uh, because they don't want to make any decisions. They they just want basically a sugar daddy. I'm a slave, fuck me. Um, But but, only um, in this way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> there should be a uh, everybody and just putting on a, a puppy hood or buying a leather harness doesn't make you a leather guy. <laughs> but also on the opposite side of the coin is I I love that it has become so accessible that people can start their journey if they want yeah. to. Right. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to distinguish the difference between those that want to do kink because it gets them off and those who are part of kink because it's their life. Yeah. Uh, but how, how do they truly know unless they take that first step? Right. And they make mistakes and they learn from their mistakes, yeah. which is fine. But I, I agree. It's hard to find, like, how, how can we... How can we police the community, but also not be the police of the community? Because who, who is to truly say how one dynamic of a master-slave relationship is better than the other? Yeah, I don't think there is a right or wrong in a way. Because I mean, the way I see it, uh, 
a master-slave relationship is kind of like a marriage, but more even the trust, the very basis of the whole relationship is the trust between the two. And there is a give and take. Uh, for me personally, a master-slave relationship is more stable, at least for me. Um, because I can concentrate on making him happy. Um, it makes both of us better if I'm a sub and if we would fight, uh, I win. He wins. Because I can give him, we can discuss stuff and we can take, I can give him all the information that I have. He can give me all the information he has. And with me having issues and shutting down so many options, he just makes a final call, period. Fight is over. Um, but that's still on the foundation of, of, of trust and communication exact, and exact. understanding each other. Exactly. It's it's kind of the foundation of every type of relationship. Exactly. But we, we understand that there is also another dynamic uh, layered on top of that foundation yeah. where there, there is that power exchange where yeah. I can I can truly say no, we're going to go with this direction because yeah. I know that from our experience better. and understanding that that's the better one. Yeah. But how do we do it? Yeah. No, this there, is. There, I don't think there is a <clears throat> cookie cutter uh, approach. Every single relationship has their own dynamics. That question you asked is seriously like a series of podcasts all in itself. There's no- <laughs> we can go on forever. You know, that's exactly what I'm thinking. So I could keep on talking about this. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps we can do this as another podcast episode. You know, um, because, because uh, you're triggering lots of thoughts for me as well. Uh, I think it would be a good discussion that we could have, and we might fun. get to something through it. Um, yeah. Because it do, really resonated with me. I do want to bring up, though, I think we are, whatever we decide, I think our community is definitely going in the right direction by having these um, subject matter experts in the community being more vocal, being more visible, but also having them in different fields of study. Uh, I'm not, sorry. No, yeah, fields of study, but also having them in different um, positions of power how do i describe this what i'm trying to say is um we have now people that are it's well experienced in the community um well positioned in the community that are taking legal uh positions in their normal life like we have lawyers we have uh people in government we have people in um like power positions and they are able to help articulate and guide our community to how on how to be on how to be a more robust community on paper. Uh, like there's so much, there are so many, doc, not oh God, there's so many conversations now about um, ugh, rape and, and kink scenes. Like how do you, how do you go to court and say, well, we were in this spanking scene and I was getting punched the shit out of me and I was having such a great time. And then all of a sudden 
uh, I wasn't having a great time, so I said stop, but the top didn't stop. And now um, it becomes a rape allegation. But it's not just it's not just rape in the eyes of the public. It's now rape plus abuse. Um, So having people in um, having people in the community bringing up these conversations of, well, how do we truly see a scene now that there are two consenting adults practicing a higher level of sexual play? Um, And then where does the line truly get crossed? Uh, And then we have these dynamics where there are master-slave contracts, which now come into play. There are dynamics where um, it could be a community play space and there's a dungeon and um, dungeon monitors haven't intervened when they should have intervened. Like there are now all these dynamics, but we're having more conversations around them and we're being able to say, well, this is where we think the line is being crossed. And now there's like conversations layered on conversations to say, well, yes, but yes, and, and there, and it's helping us define more things, but it's still going to be a nebulous topic until no, it's going to be a nebulous topic forever. I think Um, it it truly is going to be unique for the people involved Uh, and being able to effectively articulate that is, is going to be such a challenge for period. It's going to be such a challenge period. Thank you. So the very final question. So what makes a good master and slave? Oh God. Oh God. Huh? What makes a good master and slave? I, I truly believe this is specific to the people involved yeah. in the relationship. Um, if I were to go around and say, I am Master Tiger, this is how I do things, um, I can see at least the majority of the community saying, no, you're not a master. You don't, you don't do this, you don't do this, yeah. you don't do this. Like, I can't, um, I can't. I don't feel like it is appropriate to identify. Oh no, that's not true. Okay. So I feel like a good master slave dynamic is one where there is a trust and understanding between those individuals involved and that they agree upon the dynamics that they (laughs) want to have in that relationship. And for any master and slave to, um, have a successful relationship, they both have to be happy with the terms that both agreed upon. And that could, that can vary from as a master, I want slave to always drive me to the market. And when we sleep, he's always going to sleep on the right side of the bed. Like that could truly be a master slave relationship dynamic. Um, but the, individuals involved with that relationship have to agree and be happy with those decisions together. Like any relationship. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about anything <laughs> you'd like <laughs> say anything you'd no. like to add slave? No, I'm pretty much on the same page there. Um, both have to agree that Whatever. See, words are hard. Words Words are are very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If a great master-slave relationship is basically if 
both become better persons by being a monster and slave, like in a regular non-kink relationship too. Both both sides become better beings by being together. Oh, I like that. A good relationship has there there does there need to be a power exchange for a master-slave relationship to be called a master-slave relationship? I, I would so. say yes. Um, I think it's more the personality. Um, I am. I know about me that I am better if I have a dominant partner that can take the final decision. Uh, so I don't get into that spot where I have 50 projects and my brain is trying to move into a hundred different ways. And I know I, I do shut down and just go back to bed and that's it. And nothing gets done. Um, a person like him, he just takes control and focuses and we both get stuff done better that way. So it is a give and take. You can't just so, talk about a symbiotic right, kind of thing. Right. There. Right. I, I am, I truly believe I am a born slave. Um, I'm just better that way. Um, <laughs> it makes me better to be of his, to serve somebody. I like how you said that a a successful master-slave relationship is one where the individuals support each other. Yeah, it is a symbiosis. It needs, it needs to be a... I hate that word, it needs. It. I, I feel that it is best when the master supports the slave to, be, to being a better slave, the slave supports the master to being a better master. Yeah. Um, one challenge that I'm having right now to articulate my feelings is I also understand in the community that each archetype that we have set like master, dom, sub, slave, puppy, owner, handler, rigor, all those things, they mean different things for different people. So even saying what is a successful master slave relationship for me, my understanding of a master slave relationship could be completely different from the next person. So by me saying, a successful is when this happens, that could be the exact opposite of somebody else's understanding yeah. of what a master-slave dynamic is. Um, like, for example, I, I know some slaves who feel that they truly are an object for the master to use and dispose of. So their goal is to be completely used, utilized, and then once that use is no longer there, the slave can be disposed of and replaced. And for me, I don't... I don't see that as a successful master-slave no. relationship. I see that as a slave object being um, uh, objectified. What's the word I'm looking for? I guess it's more than just objectified because you become a product yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they're disposed of. And I don't think that's healthy. I think that's no. very um, demeaning, but also degrades that human being. Yeah. 
Um, I, I agree with that, especially as I have been abandoned and had that done to me. I don't think it is healthy. No, um, so, so I just want to thank you so much for your openness and your honesty. This was an amazing chat. Thank you both so much. If you'd like to be interviewed by me or know someone who would, you can get in touch with me at the email contact at masterslavelifestyle.com. You can now support the podcast, website and Master Slave community through Patreon membership and receive benefits such as early access to the podcast, exclusive video workshops and more, along with my thanks for supporting me. There is now a free download to help you take the next steps in the Master Slave lifestyle, suitable for both beginners and those who want a full-time relationship. Check out the show notes for more information on both. And if you're interested in finding out more on the 24-7 Total Power Exchange lifestyle, go to the website at masterslavelifestyle.com for more information. Thank you all for listening.